Hi everyone, this is Keller with FreshEventure.com and this podcast is titled Let's Talk About E-Commerce. It's going to be basically a Q&A with me. And so what I've done is I've, you know, over the last nine months since I launched, uh, launched my blog Fresh Adventure, I've uh, received a lot of emails from people asking me about e-commerce. Various questions about drop shipping, taxes, uh, so on. So I decided what I do is compile all of those questions and turn it into a podcast and ask myself the questions and record my answers for you guys. And hopefully this will give you an insight into how I run my own e-commerce stores and give you some ideas on how you might want to run yours. So there are um, probably about 10 or 15 questions here. Uh, and I'll try and be quick so it doesn't take too long. But there are a lot of good questions here, um, ranging from what kind of software I use to uh, various dropship questions, um, whether I use dropshippers or not, how I handle taxes, um, and even a, an SEO question at the end. So I hope that you'll find this interesting, and um, we can get started then right now. So I'll start with the first question, which is, what e-commerce software do you use? And I use, the answer would be I use Network Solutions. I've used their pro e-commerce package since I opened Theme Kitchen, so about four years now. I absolutely love them. I, I At this point and over the last four years, I, I wouldn't cons have considered changing. Um, their software really does do everything that I needed to do. Now, I know a lot of people who are starting off with an e-commerce store. Uh, consider the option of OS Commerce or some other free softwares out there. I, I wouldn't go that direction if I were you. And the reason is you're entirely responsible for that. So you're hosting it then on your own um, server. And what if something happens? Or what if the, the software itself has a bug? Um, you know, if this is your bread and butter, if this is how you're making your living, uh, it's a little dangerous <laughs> to be completely on your own like that. I, I would, I prefer to invest in a team of technical people who are going to be running the software behind my store, um, who are going to be in charge of my servers. If anything happens, they're on top of it, and I don't need to worry about it. So that's one of the biggest reasons I would not consider going with a free software solution. So I tried Yahoo a while back and um, Yahoo's e-commerce platform. I tried it for a very short amount of time. I, at the time, I found it a little complicated. Now, I know that a lot of people use them and uh, like them, so perhaps over the last few years they've gotten better. Uh, it, it didn't work with me at the time. Plus, the big turnoff for me was that they not only charge you a hosting fee monthly, but they take part of your, uh, they take a transaction fee. So every, every sale you make, they take a cut of it. And that's not okay with me at all. Now they charge, I believe, $99 a month plus a transaction fee. My um, e-commerce company, Network Solutions, they charge $99.95 a month, and that's it. They don't take a piece of my sales. Now I know that $99.95 a month might be a lot for some of you, um, where you're just starting out. I know that it was rough for me in the beginning. It was definitely an investment. Now, if you do this right, you can get the store paying for that within its first month. But of course, the store is going to take prep time. You're going to have to add product to it. You know, you might have a month or so where 
that you're not actually live yet, you're just developing a store. Um, if you, if $99 is a little too much, you know, out of your budget, uh, they do offer a standard or a basic package for $49.95 a month that you can start off with. Now there are limitations to that. I believe the limitations are you cannot customize the HTML of the store design, which might not be a problem if you just want to go with one of their templates that they come with. Which, by the way, they do. They come with a lot of uh, pre-designed templates for stores, so you don't have to design them yourself. Um, uh, but that might, you know, be a good option for you. And I think there's also a limitation on how many products you can add. But in the beginning, if that's, you know, a concern for you, you might want to try that out. Um, I'd love to hear your feedback, though, on, you know, if what e-commerce packages you guys use. So please feel free to come by to this podcast on my blog and leave comments about that. But I absolutely love Network Solutions. Wouldn't dream of, of changing at this point. Next question, how did you create your e-commerce stores? And I'm assuming what they're asking is, uh, well, it's probably a little bit about the software, which I already went over, but perhaps also the design. And I have to say, I, I did actually design the stores myself. So if you visit themekitchen.com, that's T-H-E-M-E, kitchen, or themebath.com, those are both my e-commerce stores. And I did design uh, the, the stores myself. Now, I, I had time to learn about this. You know, I, I am a web designer, so that's another one of my businesses that I make money with. So I, I learned how to do web design. That might not be an option for some of you. Some of you may have zero interest in doing that, which I completely understand. So in that case, you know, you'd want to find an e-commerce package that comes with maybe some free templates like Network Solutions. Uh, they have some pretty good looking templates that you can start off with. Um, otherwise, you can invest in a web designer. Now with an e-commerce store, um, I'm, I'm not really sure. I'm, I've actually never even designed one professionally for someone before and charged them. I usually do more corporate and business blogs and websites, so I've never I've taken on an e-commerce project before, so I'm not sure how much it would cost. Uh, but of course, whenever you are, you know, contacting a web designer, you're you're probably looking at at least a few hundred dollars. So if that's not an option, you can use a, a template that comes with the the hosting service, or maybe learn just a little bit about how you can customize it yourself. Learn a little bit about HTML. Now that's a recommendation recommendation I make to everyone who's going to sell online, whether you're, um, whether you plan to have an e-commerce store or a blog or a corporate website, it's always a good idea to learn a little bit about HTML because you don't want to be at the mercy of a web designer, <laughs> you know, forever. <laughs> you want to be able to take a little control into your hands. So I, I did create uh, the stores myself, um, but it's all, again, on the Network Solutions platform. Next question, do you use drop shipping for your themed kitchen and themed bathroom stores or do you carry inventory yourself? And the answer is, I absolutely use drop shipping. I do not carry inventory. Now I've written a couple articles about uh, drop shipping on my blog, which I, I highly recommend you check out. Um, one article is actually completely focused on this question, should I use drop shipping or carry my own products? It's, 
you know, it's definitely one of the biggest questions you're going to have to answer when you decide to run an e-commerce store. Now, there are a lot of pluses and, you know, the pros and negatives to both. But the reason I chose to go with dropshipping is, first off, I didn't have to invest in inventory. You know, I was a broke college kid opening these stores. I didn't have money to invest, which is why I had to learn how to design the stores myself, which is, you know, why I did all the work. I still actually to this day process the orders myself, which we'll get to, I think, in another question. But um, So drop shipping, you don't pay for the product until a customer pays you for the product. So that's the whole idea of drop shipping. Basically, you work with a company that carries the products for you, and they ship them to your customer for you. You don't pay them until you get paid for something. So a customer comes to you and buys, let's say in my case, buys a cookie jar from me. I then take that order and pass it along to my drop shipper. The customer has paid me, I'm going to use some outrageous number here just to <laughs> make it easy. The customer pays me $100 for a cookie jar. I would never charge that much, but let's just say $100 for a cookie jar, and I pay the dropshipper $50 for it. I've made a $50 profit. I did not have to come up with that $50 um, on my own. I took it out of my out of the sale. That is the biggest, well, one of the biggest benefits of using a dropshipper. The other reason I use a dropshipper, or several dropshippers actually for my stores, um, I use them because they ship the products for me. There is no way I am going to ship the products myself. If I were to do that, this would have become a full-time job. And I will let you in on a secret. My stores are not full-time jobs. Um, I work maybe one or two hours, five days a week, processing orders and dealing with customers. That's it. Could you imagine if I had to ship the products myself now I'm going to be, you know, dealing with packaging, dealing with the, getting them to UPS. There's just no way I'm going to do that. Um, so not only do I not have the time or, or want to invest the time in that, but also consider this. When you're a small business and you decide you want to ship products yourself, you're probably not going to be able to get any kind of special deal with a company like UPS for shipping products, right? Because, again, you're a small company. You're just starting out. Maybe you have five or ten orders a month in the beginning. UPS is not going to give you a special rate on five to ten orders a month or packages a month. But if you work with a dropshipper, hopefully that dropshipper has some kind of good relationship with UPS. So they're going to be able to lower the costs that you actually end up paying in shipping. So another great reason to use a dropshipper. Um, now, of course, there are benefits to carrying the inventory yourself. You have complete control over it in that case. Uh, you know at all times how much stock you have in every product, which is unfortunately a big downside to dropshipping. You don't know from on a daily basis what products are in stock and what products are not in stock. Uh, you might get monthly reports from your dropshippers, but I'll tell you my from my experience, I don't find out things are, are back-ordered until I've placed the order for them, which is a real hassle, but it's something I'm willing to accept in order to have a dropshipper handle all of the work for me. Uh, so I do use dropshipping. So next question is, what is your opinion of working with individual dropshippers versus a service like Doba? 
Doba.com, I believe it is, Doba. Now, I, I've never heard of Doba, but I, I did used to, I, I used to have some accounts with some big dropship websites. Um, and here's my, my opinion on this. I actually don't work with people who advertise that they're dropshippers. Um, there are a lot of websites out there that that are what I call professional dropship companies. Their whole gig is that they buy product in bulk, and you know, liquidation product, and then they, um, you know, offer this dropshipping service. And one of the the biggest signs to me of this company being just a dropship company, that is what they are. They're not a manufacturer. They're not a wholesaler. Um, is that they're going to have this unbelievable variety of products everywhere from cameras to cleaning solutions to makeup. You know, there's no specialty here. That to me is a company who's buying bulk product, you know, through liquidations, and it's probably crap. Or the majority of the product is probably crap. Uh, I don't want to work with that. Not only uh, is there no specialty, not only is the product probably not very high quality product, uh, but if they're if they're professional dropshippers, that means that there's probably a thousand other people like me selling the same products. They're working for the same, that they're using that same service. Um, that's a lot of competition. What's what's going to make me stand out? The only thing you can do is lower prices, maybe, or make your site look nicer. But at some point, you can't go too low. You know, you still have to buy the products from the service. I don't like using professional dropshippers. I like to work with manufacturers or wholesalers, which means I'm working with a company that specializes in a product. Okay, so my dropshippers, for example, one of my dropshippers, they are, um, you know, they specialize in kitchen decor. You know, they don't sell cameras also. They don't sell suitcases as well. You know, so they're a specialty company. And that means that they actually, um, the, the products are high quality. And they're actually the manufacturer too. So uh, I'm, I'm also avoiding all the middlemen. Oh, which is actually another really big point I want to make about this whole, the professional dropshippers versus working with a wholesaler or manufacturer. When you work with a manufacturer or a wholesaler, you're you're really limiting the middlemen, right? You're go when you work with a manufacturer, it's it's straight from them to you, the product, right? And then to your customer. Put in a wholesaler, okay, there's one extra step there. And the reason why a wholesaler exists is because they work with manufacturers who don't sell directly to retailers. So I understand that. I can handle that. But a professional dropship company, someone with the whole liquidation thing or whatever, um, there's a lot of them that actually buy from wholesalers. So now this product has gone from the manufacturer to a wholesaler to a dropshipper to you, to your customer. Every time it goes to the next person, it increases in price, right? Because the dropshipper's got a little, make a little money. The wholesaler's got to make a little money, you know, so it's increased all along the way. So by the time it gets to you, you're paying uh, more than you should have to. So I like working, again, with, you know, the wholesalers or manufacturers in order to limit the cost. Um, 
so so to to find this, I actually have another article on on how to find dropshippers, how to, or I'm sorry, not how to find, but how to contact them, how to figure out if they would work with you. Um, but I don't look for places that advertise it. I usually contact wholesale companies and ask if they'd be willing to dropship. And you'd be surprised, a lot of companies that don't do any advertising for dropshipping will be quite willing to to do so. Now they may charge a fee, a per order fee, or they may charge a monthly fee. It's normally a per order fee if they do. Or the prices are slightly higher. And it's understandable, don't let that turn you off. If their prices are, like one of my man, one of my manufacturers charges me $3 more per product. Every product is, is $3 more for me for me than uh, for a normal retailer who just buys inventory. And the reason is, is because they're also performing a service for me, right? They're, they're shipping individual products to my customers. They're not just shipping one big thing in bulk to me. So I'm, I'm more than willing to go ahead and pay for that service. Now, some people might, it, the, the expenses might get too much. You do need to look at how that factors into your profit. But um, don't let that turn you off. That's, that's a very standard thing. So yeah, I, I don't know Doba, but I, I do know of some other companies that are these just big product companies that offer a million different types of products. They don't specialize in anything. They're professional dropshippers, and that's what they are um, advertising their company as. I don't like to work with them. So I, I would suggest that you find wholesalers and manufacturers. Next question is, I don't have the time to individually contact suppliers, wholesalers. How do I find product? I've got to tell you, if you don't have the time, then it's probably not going to work out for you. Uh, you've got to put in some time to find the wholesalers. If you want to work with the best companies and not just the ones that are advertising themselves as dropshippers, uh, but you want to work with the best companies that are going to give you the best merchandise, highest quality merchandise that you can actually establish a long lasting relationship with, you're going to have to put in some time and, and locate them. Uh, and so how do you find products? Usually I'll do Google searches um, for you know whatever it is I'm looking for, adding in the word wholesale. Again, I don't, I don't search by dropshipper, I search for wholesalers or manufacturers. And so you can usually find somebody that way, you know, a wholesale company, and then I contact them and ask if they'd be willing to dropship. If they are willing to, I send another email asking them a million questions to find out if it's really a company I want to work with. And there's an, uh, an article I've written on Freshy Venture that asks, or that's titled, I think, 10 questions you must ask a dropshipper. And I highly suggest you check that over. In it, I basically construct with you an email to send to them, asking them all about the return policies, pricing, uh, images, and what the copyright issues might be with that. So um, definitely check that article out. But you definitely have to, to spend some time looking. Now that doesn't the whole you know searching for a wholesaler in Google doesn't always uh, provide results. So my next my next direction after that is that I find a store online that sells products that would be perfect for my store. And um, if I if you've chosen a good niche, you should be able to have 
you know, you should be able to exist online with a store that sells the same stuff you do. Um, of course, if it's a million other stores selling the same thing, that's going too far. But, <laughs> you know, usually you can find a store that has some pretty unique product. And what I do is I start doing a little detective work. I try and track down who the wholesaler is of that uh, product. Now, if I can't find it online myself, sometimes I'll call that retailer and ask. You know, who is the wholesaler? Who 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 do you get this merchandise from? Now you you want to be careful about the way you ask it. You don't want to necessarily say, "Hi, I'm about to be a competitor of yours, and I'd like to know where you get your product." <laughs> but you can ask as a, a customer. I've been looking for this type of product, or I want to buy things from this wholesaler. You know, who's this wholesaler? Who do you use for these products? Um, it's a little sneaky, but it works, and so that's another great way to find product. But again, you're going to have to put in some time if you really want to find some good ones. Okay, next question. Do you use more than one dropshipper for each store? Can I sell different products online from separate dropshippers on the same store? This is a great question, and this is actually one that came up several times while I was looking back at all the emails I received from uh, blog readers. Uh, I do. Now, Theme Bathroom, I only have one uh, dropshipper I work with. For Theme Kitchen, I have several. So yes, you can use more than one dropshipper for an individual store. Um, it, it works. It does work. Um, but there are ways to make it work even better. So uh, the next question about this is, how do you get all your dropshippers to use the same shipping carrier? So that would be an issue you know, if you considered uh, having multiple dropshippers. How do I get them all to use the same shipping carrier? You don't. Now in my case, um, all but one dropshipper of mine uses UPS. So I kind of luck out with that, right? Um, but the one that doesn't, that's fine too. I just put in the tracking number as it's from FedEx. That's okay. I don't list FedEx as one of my, as a carrier. Uh, through the checkout process because this one, this particular dropshipper of mine, I, I sell very few products of theirs, so usually the orders are, it, it just doesn't happen a whole lot, um, and it's okay. Now, if, if you have several dropshippers and they do all use different shipping carriers, what you can do is use a company or use a, a hosting platform like Network Solutions e-commerce, and you can assign different shipping carriers to different products, I believe. Um, or what you can do is, is not list a shipping carrier at all on your site and just, you know, list the shipping charges. But you can then maybe, um, you know, when the tracking numbers come in, send it to them by email letting them know it's been shipped through FedEx or it's been shipped through UPS. And you could even list on the store, you know, why you don't um, why you don't list the couriers is because, you know, when you when you receive the order, you look at the zip code and you look at the weight of the product and you determine what will be the most cost-effective shipping courier for them or something like that. But it's absolutely okay to use several different um, drop shippers and, and they don't all have to use the same shipping carrier. In fact, you know, places like Network Solutions, e-commerce store hosting, um, I get to put in several different shipping carriers from FedEx to UPS. I can put in my own custom ones, so it's no problem. 
Um, now, if you if you have a problem with that and you really do want your dropshippers to all use the same uh, shipping carrier, then there's no um, harm in asking them. See if you have an option. Ask if, okay, I know you use FedEx. Do you also have an account with UPS and could you use only UPS for my orders? Now, that might not fly with a lot of dropshippers because, again, they're going to have probably a good account with one company that they work with exclusively. Um, but, you know, no harm in... in in asking. Next question is, do you send multiple tracking numbers to customers when sending items from more than one shipper? The answer is yes. So if the way um, my stores work on network solutions is I have a um, several categories that an order can be sitting in. One is processed, which means I've processed the order with the drop shipper and now I'm just waiting for a tracking number. The next two um, sections would either be partially shipped or shipped. If it's one drop shipper that's involved with this particular order, the order normally goes from process to shipped and you put in the tracking number um, and the customer gets it by email. But if there's multiple drop shippers within this one order, then uh, the first one that gets shipped changes the status of the order to partially shipped and you put in the, the tracking number for that order and the customer gets an email saying their order's been partially shipped and here's the tracking number. And then when the rest of the product gets shipped by the other drop shipper, um, it gets moved to shipped instead of partially shipped. And a customer, the customer gets another email saying it's now been shipped, it's done, and here's the other tracking number. So yes, I do send multiple tracking numbers. Here's probably the best, the the Biggest question though that has to deal with this whole multiple drop shipper thing. Next question is, do you charge customers for extra shipping charges uh, due to you know, having multiple drop shippers within the same order? So basically, if I receive an order for five products, three of the products are from drop shipper A, two of the products are from drop shipper B, do I charge more in shipping because there are gonna be two locations that are actually shipping out products to this one customer? The answer is no, I do not charge more. Now there's a reason I can get away with not charging more. The, uh, an order coming in with more than one drop shipper is not, it, it's actually a rare occurrence on my store. If you notice, if you go and look at Theme Kitchen, you'll see that all the products are organized by theme, right? And the themes were all manufactured or developed or are being provided by one drop shipper. So if you look at um, my Bon Appetito collection, that is drop shipper A. My um, Apple Blossom collection is actually drop shipper B. It's very rare that someone would go on and buy three products from the Bon Appetito collection and two from the Apple Blossom collection, right? Because my customer is going to going there to, to redecorate their kitchen with one theme. So they're most likely going to either buy the Bon Appetito or the, the Apple Blossom or whatever. So I would then have just one drop shipper involved with that order. Now every once in a while I will get someone who's who buys a little bit of this and a little bit of that. Perhaps it's for friends, for presents, or perhaps they're deciding on what theme they want for their store. And in that case, I eat the charges. I go ahead and eat the shipping charges because it is so rare in my case to have that happen. 
Now, this works for me with my setup. If you happen to have a store, though, that does not have uh, collections like mine, and where you're, it's very likely that someone could buy things from multiple dropshippers, and that that could actually become the more common order, uh, then this might not work for you. And in that case, you, what you might want to do is figure out if there's a way, you know, network solutions, there's a lot of cool options in the back end for making things like shipping work for you. Uh, but perhaps there'd be a feature that you'd want to look for where you could actually assign um, uh, maybe a, a, a fee per manufacturer that's behind this order. So if the, the customer happens to order from more than one manufacturer, um, the, uh, they get charged an extra $5 for handling instead of shipping, you know, maybe handling. Or actually what you could do is just start charging a, a flat handling fee. You know, so you charge $2.50 or $5 um, you know, per order for handling. I don't charge handling, I just charge shipping. So that might be an option though for you. But trust me, you can make the multiple dropshipper thing work. It, it does seem to work best when um, you set it up in like my stores where you actually have collections and you know they don't normally mix together. Okay, the next question is, how do you handle taxes if a customer orders a product that is shipped from their own state. Okay, here's how I handle state taxes. I have to pay, I live in California, so I have to pay state taxes anytime someone here, someone within California buys a product from my store. And so I've actually set it up in my network solutions thing. They, they have the whole tax thing in there. You go in and you just tell it which state must collect state, uh, sales tax. And then you can also go and give it the rate. And Network Solutions, the e-commerce e package, actually keeps track of it. And it will automatically charge California residents through the checkout process. You know, when the California resident puts in their address, the system will see it's from California and it'll add on a sales tax. Pretty nice, right? So that's how I handle taxes for people who live in the state of California. Of course, all other orders outside of the state, I don't owe any sales taxes on. So all those orders are tax free. Now I, I do have a, a really big suggestion for you on making sure that at the end of the year you don't have trouble paying your sales tax. And this is something that I still will struggle with because I might forget to do it. But this year I've made a strong commitment that I'm going to remember. At the end of every month, go ahead and look at how much sales tax you earned, you know, how much sales tax you charged customers and put that away into a savings account and do not touch it until the end of the year when you are filing your sales tax forms and you have to go pay that money to the government. If you don't put it away, you're going to get stuck with having to come up with that money at the end of the year. Now in the beginning, my very first year, I owed $13 in sales tax. I didn't have a lot of California orders, and I didn't have a lot of orders. It was my first year. It was actually, I'd opened the store in September. Oh, I'm sorry. No, this was for my very first store, KBH Outlet. So yeah, I had like maybe 10 orders that whole year. <laughs> the next year, it went up to $67. Still something that I could pull out easily at the end of the year. Didn't really need to save it. The next, the next year, it was $250 I owed. 
now it's starting to get a little much, right? Do I have $250 just sitting around ready to pay sales tax? This year, I owed almost $500 in sales tax. And that one hurt, and I wasn't doing a good enough job of keeping it separate, you know. So I had to come up with it. I had to pull it out of my own, you know, well, I should have been separating it anyway. So, so you really need to separate it so at the end of the year, you're not stressed about having to come up with that money. Okay, so at the end of every month, what you can do, especially if you use Network Solutions e-commerce store package, you can go in and they have a report section. And under reports, they have an income tax section. It's so great, income tax. You click on that, you ask it to give you a report on all the sales tax that you earned in the last year, month, whatever. So what I suggest you do is every month go back and look at the previous month, see how much money you brought in for sales tax. Take that out of your checking and put it in the savings and forget about it. Okay? It'll save you so much hassle. It'll save you so much stress at the end of the year if you know that you've already got that sales tax sitting there ready to go to the government. Okay, next question is, if I have a WordPress blog set up and I want to add a shopping cart, is that possible? Yes, it is. It's absolutely possible. There are pretty good plugins for WordPress blogs, um, shopping cart plugins. I actually just added one to a client's website. If you go to nonosweddings.com, that's N O knows, as in I knew her, I know her, nonosweddings.com. Uh, it's a blog, a WordPress blog, and she offers on there some packages where people can pay to consult with her on wedding plans. And that whole system is being run by a plugin that I found for their store, or for their blog. So yes, you can absolutely have a shopping cart on WordPress. Now, one of the easiest ways to sell something on WordPress, if, if, if you sell maybe just one product, would be just to have a PayPal account and to use PayPal's buttons and add that to your, to your blog. But if you need a shopping cart, if you have multiple items where you're actually going to need people to be able to add multiple things to their shopping cart, you're going to want to look for a plugin. Now, if you really want to do e-commerce, if you want to go full-blown e-commerce where you're going to have hundreds of products, I would suggest you go with an actual e-commerce package. Uh, like Network Solutions, I would not do it on a WordPress blog. The only time I would do it on a WordPress blog is if I had very few products. Okay? And the next question is, do you process... Oh, by the way, just for you to know, if you wanted to search for some plugins, I actually can't remember the plugin I used, the name of it, but just do a search in Google for WordPress shopping cart plugins or WordPress e-commerce plugins. I believe that's how I found the one I ended up using. Very easy to search for. You should be able to find a few options there. Okay, next question. Do you process and ship orders yourself? I do process them. I do not ship them, though, because I, I do have my drop shippers. But yes, I do process them. Now, I would like to eventually not have to do that, um, but I'm not quite at that point. Uh, I, I still, plus it only takes me about an hour a day <laughs> to process the orders. I could hire someone to do that, you know, an hour a day, but it's just not worth the money at this point for me. It's still okay for me. I, I still have the time to go ahead and put in one hour a day to process orders. Um, the, the most, the biggest pain of it all is dealing with customers. I have to admit, I don't like 
doing that. Um, <laughs> it's retail, you know, it's not a lot of fun. But, um, you know, there are options for you if you absolutely do not want to process orders and do not want to provide customer service, you can hire um, a call center to deal with customers. You can hire um, someone to, to process the orders for you and you can do, you know, hire them for minimum wage or something like that. I think some people even outsource to other countries for that type of thing. Um, I haven't done that and to be honest I have my hangups about it um, because I'm a control freak and because I'm so concerned about credit card numbers and things like that and, and I would be concerned with giving someone across the world access to my customers financial information so I, I don't really love that idea but there are ways to make it work um, I, I should I, I I wish I was more into outsourcing I need to to get better at outsourcing um, and I highly suggest you look into doing it yourself if you can but at the beginning when you're first starting the store and if you don't have a lot of money you're gonna be processing them yourself and it's not that bad it gets a little you know stressful maybe during the holiday season and also when things pick up more you know in the first year you might get a few calls that year where you're dealing with a customer um, maybe have a couple orders a week to process but eventually you're gonna have orders coming in on a daily basis and you're gonna have customers calling on a daily basis and that can become a hassle if it does um, and you can't handle it anymore then you would definitely want to look into outsourcing okay the next question is are your stores actually a front end front end of an affiliate site so this this customer was asking basically do you do you really sell products on there or is this really just an affiliate store where maybe when people click on a product and click to add it to their bag they actually get transferred to an, to the actual store no um, it is not a front end of an affiliate site is it is my own my own company um, it is a store I have a seller's permit with the state of California um, have the business license the fictitious business name license and my home-based business permit to run the stores uh, and the products come directly from my manufacturers or wholesalers and so I'm I am the the retailer okay and the last question on here is how do you update content on your stores for SEO purposes now this has also been asked a lot on my blog and by email I've gotten this question quite a bit um, it, it, people can become baffled when it comes to SEO and e-commerce you know it's easy when you're when you read about how to do SEO you know it, it's always uh, update your meta tags make sure you have incoming links um, quality incoming links and update your content often and consistently and a lot of you know for a blog that's easy um, write a post every day or a few times a week for uh, any type of website really a professional website a corporate website update the content for an e-commerce store a lot of people get stuck on well how do I update content I, it, my site isn't a content site it's a product site so here's how I do it um, well here's how I optimize my sites First off, I make sure that I use um, 
keywords that are being searched for. Uh, you know, I do a Google keyword research to find out what themes, what, you know, or what products are being searched for. And then I make sure I use those keywords in the product names of the products I have on my store. Um, of course, you also want to update your meta tags, and you can do that with Network Solutions. Um, have a nice meta description, title tags, and you have your keyword link tag on there too. Uh, but for updating content, uh, what I do is for my home page, every, well, it should be more often. <laughs> You'd want to do it probably every week or every two weeks. You update your home page with a new collection. So in my first year, when I first launched the Infusion, um, within about six months or five months of opening the store, I got to the number one ranking in Google for kitchen decor. How I did that was I updated my, my homepage every week with a new product collection. And therefore, I added new products, which were all, you know, every product you add adds another page to your site. Um, add every new product collection, that's a whole other category page added. Um, so I was updating my products weekly, weekly, and it worked, and it worked well. Now, since then, I have to admit I have not been uh, so great about updating on a weekly basis, especially once I opened the second store and then my web design business became, um, you know, earned more work and then I have Fresh Venture. You know, now I have a lot of projects and I'm not spending all my time on Pink Kitchen on one store. So uh, I'm now updating my products once a month. But I still, you know, make sure once a month. I update the homepage with new products. So what I do is I put up a big banner graphic type thing on the homepage that says introducing the new something something collection, you know, or this new collection arrives at Theme Kitchen. And it's a great big beautiful photo of the, the collection and then I describe it a little bit. And then below it I have a featured products showing. And it's um, in the back end, I've assigned what products should be featured on the homepage, which is very easy. Just click the little check boxes and then save it. And then you have some products that show up on the homepage. You can change those once a week. So even if you are not going to add new products every week to your store, you could just change what's, what's being featured on your homepage every week. And that's a way to update content. Um, another way to update content on an e-commerce store is to have a blog tied into it. Now, I actually created blogs that were kind of separate from the store, and I did that to pull in traffic. Um, but if I wanted to have it work on the actual store itself, I could just create pages. Instead of having a blog, I could create pages uh, of articles on there. Or what I could do is... Um, you could have an external blog where you have articles about, you know, whatever is related to your store, to your products. And then on your home page or in the sidebar of your store, you could have a little excerpt of the most recent post from your blog. And it might not be automated. You might have to do it manually. Uh, but that's another way to update content. But the main thing is, you know, making sure you're updating your product lines. And if you haven't added any product to your store in six months, then you're, you're going to need to start looking at how you can 
add content to your site because the products themselves are not going to help with SEO. Okay, so those are all the questions. And I hope that I um, gave you some clear answers. If you have any questions about any of my answers, uh, please don't hesitate to come on by freshyventure.com and go to this post and leave your uh, question for me and I'll be happy to answer it. All right, so thank you very much for listening. This is Keller with freshyventure.com and I'll talk to you later. Bye.